Hey, I want you to turn in your Bibles with me today or turn in your phones, whatever that might be. We're going to go to four different passages today, actually five different passages, but I'm only going to tell you the four that you can turn to. We're going to start in Luke chapter 2, and then we're going to go to John chapter 15, then we're going to go to John chapter 14, then we're going to go to James chapter 1. And so those four passages, turn to Luke chapter 2 first, and then we'll kind of turn around, go you know forward to John, and then we'll go forward to James, and, and we'll spend some time today talking about joy talking about what joy really looks like, what joy is all about. And I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is a totally different thing. Happiness is something that comes and goes with the moment. It comes and goes with the, uh, the situation. It comes and goes with, you know, whether things are going well or whether they're not. Uh, if you have a favorite football team, there have been times where you've been watching those games and watching those teams where there have been moments of happiness and then moments of defeat, right? And happiness can quickly uh, fall away. Uh, for years and years, I was a fan of the Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders. I can tell you there have been moments of happiness that have quickly been replaced by every other emotion that you can possibly imagine. Uh, we know that we're not talking about happiness today. We're talking about joy. And joy is something that goes far beyond happiness. Joy is not something that can be ripped away. It's not something that can be stolen from us by the circumstance. In fact, I want to show you on the screen the definition of the word joy in the context of biblical joy. And so let's look at these words of what the definition of joy is. Again, biblical joy. It says the inner attitude of rejoicing in one's salvation regardless of outward circumstances. I want you to notice in this definition two very important words. The first word is the word inner, and the second word is the word outward. In other words, what that tells us is that we have something inside of us that outside circumstances cannot take away. Now, the first representation of that that we obviously have is salvation. That salvation is something that is granted to us through the gift of Jesus Christ, that he died, buried, and rose again, and through believing in him, according to Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 10, Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 8, clearly we understand that that is something that because of what Christ has done, through believing that he is God's son, that he died and that he rose again, that is a gift that cannot be taken from us. And it doesn't matter what situation we might be walking through, what circumstance we might be facing, no matter how difficult the day might seem, nothing can rob us of the salvation that God gives to us. Now, I know there are some people in the world who, who talk about the fact, well, salvation is something that you can lose. That if you don't do things right or, or that, you know, maybe if the situation happens where you think differently or act differently, that you can lose your salvation. I firmly believe according to God's word. Not just because I'm saying it, not just because someone told me this, because in studying God's word, in reading God's word, clearly I believe this and I have no qualms whatsoever of sharing this, that when you are saved, truly saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is nothing in this world, there is nothing in your mind, there is nothing in your actions that can ever take that away from you. The eternal security of the believer is absolute and it is real and it is guaranteed. That's good news don't you think that is what God gives to us and grants to us through the gift of his son Jesus Christ so in in, in connection to that and and in like that is this picture of joy that the idea that there could be something inside of us a feeling a sentiment inside of us that does not depend on what's going on around us because let's be honest life is full of difficult moments 
Life is full of challenging moments. There are lots of great mountaintop experiences in life, and that's awesome. But there's a lot of valleys. I'm 56 years old, and I can tell you it seems like, and my dad even always talked about this, it seems like there's a whole lot more valleys than there are mountaintops. Does that seem uh, likely in your life as well? That it just seems like you spend more time kind of digging out than you do celebrating the view from the top, right? Like, that's what life is all about. But joy is something that can be present in our lives, present in our hearts, and it doesn't matter what you're going through, it cannot be stolen from you. It cannot be taken from you because joy is not dependent on how you feel. Joy is not dependent on the circumstance around you. Joy is not dependent on how good the day might be. Joy is something that comes because of what Christ has done. And so what I want to do is turn you to Luke chapter 2, and I want to read just a couple of verses in a familiar passage. It's a familiar passage because it is the picture of, the, the, the statement of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to read all of that. We'll do that on Christmas Eve in a couple of weeks. But, but for today, I want to read just a part of this passage in Luke chapter 2, and I want to begin with verse 8. And it says this, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, and they were keeping watch at night over their flocks. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, this familiar passage is one that we've heard a thousand times. We've heard it in church. We've heard it in Charlie Brown Christmas. You, you, you've heard this passage over and over again, right? I mean, it's something that we're very familiar with. But there's some great truths that come right out of the, uh, this little short little snippet from this story, this Christmas story, that I think today we need to kind of have an opportunity as we talk about the waiting, we talk about this, this idea of the arrival of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago and the, the soon arrival of him returning again, that we need to understand in this, this context of complete joy. Now again, not talking about happiness, we're talking about joy. And what we can learn from this is that the presence of Christ is the beginning of joy. The presence of Christ is the beginning of joy. Now, look what it says in this passage in verses 10 and 11. I'll read it again just briefly. It says this. It says, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, let's walk back into that passage just for a moment in verse 10. And it says these words. It says, don't be afraid. Now, that's a great statement that you can hear from God. Like, how often would you like to hear in the midst of a difficult moment that you're walking through, in a trial that you're experiencing, in a tribulation that you are navigating through? Like, wouldn't it be great if an angel could show up and say, hey, listen, I know this is tough. Don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid. When's the last time you showed up, like, to take an exam in class? You know, this is exam week at, at, at Liberty, the last week, and, and a few still even tomorrow, I think. And then uh, LCA and other schools in the region are having their exams coming up here in a couple of weeks. Like, wouldn't it be great when you walk in to sit down to take that exam that you're scared about, that you, you know, you've tried to study, but you really don't feel like you're fully ready for it? If someone could, like, whisper, hey, don't be afraid. It's all going to be fine. It's all going to come out just fine. Like, that would be a great statement. And here, as these shepherds were out in the field, 
As they're sitting there, they see all these lights and they see all these angels. By the way, that would be frightening. That would be something that would be scary. And the angel appears and says, don't be afraid. Why? Well, here's why. Because this angel was proclaiming the good news of great joy. And I think you ought to underline those two phrases, good news and great joy. Because what he was saying, what he was declaring to them is the fact that because Jesus had arrived, everything changes now. Everything changes now. He wasn't just simply don't be afraid in the moment. He wasn't just simply saying don't be afraid because like, you know, I'm this dude who just kind of came out of the sky here and, and there's all these lights around me. Like, like I get that that would be scary, but that's not really what he was all talking about. What he was really saying is like, hey, don't be afraid. Don't have fear. Don't be, you know, worried about what tomorrow bring, might bring. Why? Because I bring you good news of great joy. And where did that great joy come from? Let's keep reading verse 11. Because today in the city of David in Bethlehem, a savior was born for you who is the Messiah. Now the Greek word there for the Messiah is the word Christos, which literally means Christ. That's the, the title that was given to Jesus. He's the one that going all the way back to Genesis chapter three that, that it was talked about that one day that Christos, that, that Messiah will come. That one day the one who will come who will, will deliver you from everything that you've gone through. We go back into all of the Old Testament uh, stories. All the statements in the Old Testament of, of, of the prophecies of, of what Jesus would do when he arrived. In the book of Psalms, 36 times in 35 verses, uh, it tells us that this word joy. And in every one of those instances, the word joy is connected to the presence of God. We go back into the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, the word joy appears 120 times in 113 verses. And all of it points to the presence of God and the impact of God and what God can do for us. This word joy is not dependent on circumstance. This word joy is not dependent on how you're doing financially, how your job is going. It doesn't depend on like, you know, whether the bank account is growing or whether it's depleting. It's not dependent on the relationships even that are around you. It's not dependent on how you're getting along with your friends or your family. No, that angel came to bring good news of great joy. And the great joy can only be there because today in the city of David in Bethlehem, a savior is born who is the Messiah. The Christos, the one that has been promised from the very foundations of the earth. Jesus is coming, and when he does, he brings joy. The beginning of joy comes from the presence of Christ. It is impossible for us to experience joy if it were not because of Christ. If it were not for his arrival. If it were not for the fact that he exists. Because let's be honest, if Jesus had never come, what we would probably be able to experience would be happiness, but we would never be able to experience joy. And here's why. Because there would never be anything to look forward to. The Apostle Paul talked about that. He said, all we had to look forward to is this life. Man, life would stink, right? If, this, if all there was is what we're experiencing now, like, yeah, we might be happy. Like, right? So you might be happy on Christmas Day when you get that turkey or ham or, you know, those Sister Schubert's rolls. And God bless Sister Schubert. I'm just saying, right? Like, you can be happy, right? There can be happiness. But, but, but joy would never be there. Because remember, the definition of joy is an inner experience 
that, that a feeling, a sentiment that cannot be impacted by outward experiences or outward impact, right? Like, so, so what's on the inside cannot be changed by the outside. When you're having Christmas dinner and the Sister Schubert trolls are gone, I remember one time we were having Christmas dinner and Sherry was trying to, you know, she was planning all the stuff that we were going to have. And I said, like, you know, make sure you get plenty of Sister Schubert trolls. And she, she counted the number of people that were going to be there. And she brought enough Sister Schubert trolls to have one per person. That is a sin against God. <laughs> to only have one roll per person. Like, who does that, right? I mean, that was the closest I've ever been to divorce. I'm just telling you right now. Closest I've ever been. And so now I'm always responsible for buying the Sister Schubert's rolls. And what I do is I plan five per person. Because you can never have enough of the Sister Schubert's rolls. So the point is like when the Sister Schubert's rolls run out, like, like happiness leaves. Like, like you can't be happy anymore. But, 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 but joy is something that can't be robbed. Joy is something that can't be taken away. And so understand that if Jesus had never come, joy could never have come. Because you would never actually be able to be in a situation in your life and in your heart where no matter what happens around me, I'm still full of joy if Christ had not come. Because if Christ had not come, there would be no hope. And if hope had not come through Christ, then we would have no promise of salvation and we would have no promise of eternity and we would be dead in our sins and we would have nothing to look forward to except an eternity separated from a holy God. You see, if Jesus had not come, joy would not exist. The beginning of joy comes from the presence of Christ. And so that's what this, this angel showed up to say, guys, hey, hey, I know it's a little scary out there. Like, I know it's not great, but oh, good news, good news, because I bring you great joy today. And that great joy is the fact that Jesus, the one that has been promised going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And by the way, it was in the Garden of Eden that the very first promise of the Messiah was given. You remember back in Genesis chapter 3, after Eve had eaten of the apple and Adam had eaten of the apple and sin had entered into the world and what God had created as perfect was now broken. And that snake, that serpent, that Satan was there. And God spoke and said that one day there will be one who will come who will destroy you. The first prophecy of the coming Messiah. I bring you good news of great joy because today... Jesus is born. Now listen, that happened 2,000 years ago when that angel declared that to the shepherds that day. But here's one I want you to know. That I can stand here today, certainly not as an angel, but I can stand here today and I can say to you, I bring you good news of great joy because Jesus is alive. He is our Messiah. And today, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he is praying for you. What an amazing gift. The presence of Christ is the beginning of joy. But now I want you to, to turn over to John chapter 15, because in John chapter 15, I want us to understand, like, how do we get from the presence of joy to complete joy? Like, how do we get from, like, the fact that joy exists to actually experience in complete joy in our journeys every single day. And that's what we find in John chapter 15, because what we read here is that following Christ is what brings complete joy. 
Okay, so let's look what it says in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 9. It says these words. As the Father has loved me, pause right there. Who is speaking? Can somebody tell me who is speaking in this moment? Jesus is speaking. So the one that the angel declared had been born, the Messiah who had come is now speaking. And that Messiah is saying this in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 9. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things, Jesus said, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So did you catch what Jesus said? Okay, so let me paraphrase it for you. Let me just kind of make sure you've got what Jesus is saying. Here's what he's saying. Okay, so guys, you need to make sure, continue to love me. Continue to remain in me. Just as I have remained in my Father, and just as my Father has loved me, I love you. And here's how you can remain in me. Do what I tell you to do. Obey my words according to the Bible, according to God's word. Like, do what I've asked you to do. Oh, and by the way, if you do that, then here's what'll happen. Then my joy will be in you. Now you think about, just stop right there for that moment. My joy will be in you. Now think about those words for a moment. The joy of Jesus Christ, the creator, will be in you. The joy of the one who was crucified on the cross for us to pay for our sins because he's the only one that could. And then three days later, he walked out of that tomb victorious over sin, Satan, and the grave. The one who was there at the beginning of creation, the one who literally hung the sun, the moon, and the stars into space, the one who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, that, that one that we talk about so often, that we sing about so often, here's what he said. My joy will be in you. Now let me just ask you a question, a very important question. How much joy do you think exists and resides in the heart of Jesus? Gotta be honest with you. He's the one without sin, He's the one that today is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's sitting in heaven. He's the one that loves us so very much. He's the one that healed the sick and raised the dead. He's the one that no matter how often Satan and all of the armies of hell came after him, that none of them could defeat him. The one who is victorious over everything. The one that, that reigns supreme. The one that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he and he alone is Lord. So again, I ask you the question, how much joy do you think is present in the heart of Jesus. And let me just give you a quick cliff's note. The answer is a whole lot. Like more than you could ever hope for, more than you could ever imagine, more than you could ever accomplish. That's the joy that exists, that resides in the heart of Jesus. And here's what Jesus said. My joy will be in you. How cool is that? That the reason Jesus came was to give us hope. The reason Jesus came was to give us salvation. The reason that Jesus came was to give us forgiveness. And the reason Jesus came to do that is so that his joy could be in us 
And then as that passage goes on to say in John chapter 15, and then your joy will be complete. Now, I told you to like focus for a moment there on that his joy would be in us. Now I want you to focus on that second part of that phrase, that our joy will be complete. Now, if Jesus said, this is how your joy will be complete, then what is the logical uh, connection that we can make to that? The logical thing we can take away from that passage is this, is that without Jesus, our joy will never be complete. Did you catch that? Do you understand that? I want nods of heads. Like, do you understand that, right? All right, cool. Like, so understand that unless we do what Jesus tells us to do, unless we have the opportunity of having the joy that Jesus gives inside of us, then our joy will never be complete. And therein lies the answer to why we look at a world today that is so dissatisfied about everything. A world that is divided, a world that is angry, a world that is full of hatred, a world that is full of racism, a world that is full of, of, of issues and problems and challenges and fights and anger, all of the things that are present today, the world that cannot be satisfied no matter how much stuff that you get, that they could get millions and millions and billions of dollars and still not be happy. Why? Because your joy will not be complete until your joy comes from Christ. Last week, we announced uh, at Liberty the new football coach. And Jamie Chadwell, I loved it, man. He walked up to the podium in front of all the people that were gathered there and the press that were there. And he walked up to that podium and here's what he said. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. That's awesome. But he didn't stop. Then he went on to say, I'm a believer, but I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I gotta be honest with you. There's a difference. There's a massive difference. Because guess who else believes in Jesus Christ? Satan, the demons, they believe in him. They know he exists. They don't like him. And I know that's true because going all the way back to, you know, the New Testament times, like, like Satan showed up to tempt Jesus. Why? Because he knew who Jesus was. He believed in who Jesus was and he wanted to take Jesus down. Even the enemies, even Satan himself believes in Jesus, but they don't follow him. You see the difference? Following Christ is where we find complete joy. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that as I look around this room today, I'm pretty sure as I, I look at across this crowd, as I look into this camera today and, and see thousands of people in this room and, and hundreds of thousands potentially uh, that are watching this live right now, here's what I want you to know, that all of us want complete joy, don't we? Like I wanna be happy. Like, I, I want to wake up on Christmas Day and when we have lunch that I, I want a lot of Sister Schubert's rolls. And my wife wants me to have lots of Sister Schubert's rolls because it makes Christmas a whole lot better. Like, I want to be happy, but more than that, I want joy. And I want my joy to be complete. And I know according to God's word, my joy will not be complete unless it is based on and flows from the presence of Jesus Christ. Joy comes from him. Now, I've shared with you right now that the beginning of joy 
comes from the appearance of Christ, the presence of Christ. I've talked about the fact of following him, abiding, walking with him is, is where we find that complete joy. But here's what I want to share with you out of John chapter 14 and a couple other passages too, that abiding in Christ multiplies joy. Like it's an exponential thing. Look what it says in Galatians chapter five. You don't need to turn there, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. This is a clear call for all of us to walk according to the spirit of God. Now in John chapter 14, I told you to turn there after John chapter 15, in case you can't find John chapter 14 after we were in John chapter 15, you need help. In John chapter 14, verse 15, again, Jesus said this, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Did you catch that? Okay, so let's just break all this down, right? So, the, the angel came to tell the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy because today Jesus, the Messiah, was born in the city of David. Jesus arrived. And then Jesus said, hey, I, I want you to remain in me and I will remain in you. And you will remain in me and love me because you do what I ask you to do. You keep my commands. And if you do that, then my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. And now Jesus says, oh, and by the way, I'm also not going to leave you alone. Like, I'm going to prepare a place for you, the first part of John chapter 14 says. I'm going back to build a place. And he said, listen, to my father's house, man, many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. That's great news. But then he says this, but I'm not going to leave you alone. Like, I'm not going to leave you to fend for yourself. Like you're not in this journey all by yourself because I'm going to ask the Father. And by the way, I already know the answer that the Father's going to give a counselor, a comforter, an advocate. When you look at that Greek word parakletos, which literally means like someone who will be an advocate for everything that you go through. That God sent us Holy Spirit of God, who is with us, who indwells us, who walks with us, who never leaves us alone. And he will be with us every single step. And because that's true, that no matter how difficult life might be, no matter when someone or something robs us of our happiness, joy will not leave. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's with you. I hope you're paying attention that everything I'm giving to you today goes right back to what the angel said. I bring you good news. Because that's what God's word is telling us. Good news, you're not alone. Good news, the joy of Christ is in you. Good news, the Messiah has come. Good news, joy is yours. What an amazing promise, what an amazing gift. Even Job, after all that he had gone through and losing everything in this life, look what he said in Job chapter 33, verse 26. He said, he shall pray to God and he will delight in him and he shall see his face with joy for he restores to man his righteousness. God is constantly restoring us. He's in the job of restoration in our lives. And so understand 
The beginning of joy comes from the presence of Christ. That's where it starts. Following him brings us complete joy. Abiding in him multiplies our joy. Every day it's new. Finally, standing strong in the trials that we face is the benefit of joy. Understand what I just said. When you're going through life's trials, when you're going through life's tribulations, to be able to walk through them with joy, that's the benefit of what Christ has done. Look what it says in James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be three things, mature, complete, lacking nothing. Mature, complete, lacking nothing. Okay, pop quiz, because this is a really intelligent audience here today. Let me ask you a question. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you three things, and if you agree with these three things that this is what you want in your life, I just want you to, to raise your hand and, and affirm, yes, that's what I want in my life, okay? So here's the three things, okay? I want to be mature, I want to, put your hands down, I'm not done. Three things. Maybe it's not as smart an audience as I thought. Three things, okay? Number one, I want to be mature, I want to be complete, and I want to lack nothing. Okay, those are the three things, okay? Here it is, pop quiz. How many of you want those three things in your life? Raise your hand. Awesome, like we all want that, right? Because I'm pretty sure that nobody in the room says, excuse me, I would rather be immature. I would rather be immature. I would rather be like half showing up, half there. And man, I really don't want anything in my life. Like I want to lack everything. Like I want to wake up on Christmas day with no sister Schubert's, right? Like none of us wants to be there. We all want to be mature. We all want to be complete. And we all want to lack nothing. So how do we get there? Let me read the passage again. James, the half brother of Jesus He says these words, consider it great joy. Like it's an amazing gift. Why? Whenever you experience various trials. Now, how does that make sense? Like when life stinks, consider that a joy. When trials are there, consider that a joy. When it seems like everything is turned upside down, consider it a great joy. Why? Not because of the circumstance, but because of what the circumstance will produce. And what the circumstance will produce is this. It will produce endurance, patience, maturity, completeness, lacking nothing. In other words, the trial that you're going through is going to simply make you better, not because of what you can do, but because of what he can do. Now, I don't know about you, but in the journey that I live, in the journey that I walk, To know that every situation that I walk through that is painful, every situation that I walk through that hurts, every situation that I walk through where someone lets me down, where every situation that I walk through where like I'm wondering what is next, to think that God is going to use that to make me better, that God is going to use that to make me stronger, that God is going to use that to make me more joyful. Wow, what a gift. What an amazing promise that God gives. And you know where the promise goes to? The promise goes all the way back to where we began. In Luke chapter two, when there's a bunch of shepherds out on a field 
And they're sitting there doing what they always do. And on that night, something was different. They're sitting there watching after their sheep and, and like life is just monotonous and like, like everything is just normal and they're doing everything they're supposed to do. But that night, something happened that changed. And when the angel arrived and struck fear into their hearts, when they may have thought like, hey, our life is about to end, like it's flashing before our eyes here because of the lights that are shining in the sky. And then the angel looks at them and utters the words, hey, don't be afraid because I bring you good news of great joy that today, Jesus, your savior, your Messiah is here. Friends, no matter what you go, are going through today, no matter the heartache and the heartbreak that you're experiencing, no matter the uncertainty that this moment holds for you, no matter what the doctors have said, no matter the feeling of fear because you're not sure how to pay a bill or pay the rent or pay the mortgage, no matter what relationships challenges that are, that are flooding into your heart and life, let me say this to you today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because today, God's word brings you great joy. Because today, Jesus is alive. He died for you and was buried for you and rose again for you so you might have joy. Don't be afraid. Father, thank you for the way that you deal with our fears. Thank you for the hope that you bring, the joy that you offer. When we don't deserve it, when we couldn't earn it, when we can't find it, thank you, God, that we lack nothing, that our joy is complete, not because of what's on the outside, but because you're on the inside. And Father, today in this moment, I pray that if there's someone here who's never made that decision, to trust you and to believe that you are God's son, that you died and that he rose again. God, I pray right now, right here in this moment, that they'll make that decision. With their heads bowed and with their eyes closed, our team is gathering here across the front as we always do. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're gonna sing through just one time, but before we do that, I kinda have a suspicion there might be some people in the room that when you've heard all these things that I've shared, it sounds really, really good, but it seems really, really foreign. And maybe it seems really, really distant. Like that sounds great, but I don't know Jesus. I know of him. I might even believe in him, but I've never given my life to him. And so I'm just gonna pray just a quick prayer. 
just a simple prayer. It's not nothing special, nothing magical. It just simply like allows God to do what he desires to do. And I know what he desires to do. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, that he came to seek and to save that which is lost, which means this, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, was born in that manger, guess what he was doing? He was come looking for you. He had come looking for you. And today might be the day that he finds you. And so I'm just gonna pray this prayer when I do. Like if you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, believing in him fully, I'm just gonna invite you to pray this prayer along with me silently. So with our heads bowed, eyes closed, today if you wanna meet him, just pray with me. Father, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. I need salvation through Jesus. So forgive me of my sins. Save me today because of your son, Jesus. I believe. Thank you, God, for saving me. With no one looking around, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you just prayed that prayer, with no one looking around, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would, would you just take a bold, a bold stand and just simply raise your hand wherever you are in the room, just right now in this room, wherever you are. If you prayed that prayer and you say, like, I meant it, just put your hand up wherever you are. I see a couple over here. Any others? Any others? One in the back. Father, I thank you for those who made a decision today. Thank you for salvation that comes through Christ and Christ alone. God, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, give them strength, give them wisdom, give them guidance. God, help them to see what it means to have complete and total joy through abiding in you, through following in you because you're here and because you do exactly what you promised to do. God, we're so grateful for your love. God, I pray today as we leave this place in a few moments, Lord, help us to walk out of here. And Lord, regardless of what situations or circumstances we walk into that might take our happiness, God, today we thank you that nothing can take our joy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now look at me for a moment. If you prayed that prayer a moment ago or if today you want to come and just talk with one of our team members and like say, hey, man, I, I want to live in this thing called joy. Like, how do I get there? Maybe you want like just someone to pray with you or to encourage you today. Maybe you want to come and join our church family or come for baptism. We're going to conclude the service and, and our team is going to be here. We would love to talk with you. We'd love to have the opportunity of praying with you. And so before you leave, I encourage you to come down and to connect with one of our team members here at the altar. God bless you as you leave today. And remember, listen to me, remember, there are probably going to be a hundred things today that take your happiness. But rejoice, because nothing can take your joy if your joy is based on the presence of Jesus Christ. God bless you, and have a great day. Thank you for worshiping with us today here at Thomas Road. If you prayed to receive Christ, we would really like to hear from you. 
If you'd like to know more of what it means to be a Christ follower, then let us hear from you. There's no better time than right now during this Christmas season to receive God's gift to you. That is His Son, Jesus. Our mission here at Thomas Road is to develop Christ followers who love God and love people. If you would like to join us in fulfilling that mission by giving to our ministry, you can go to the link on your screen and make a contribution to our ministry. Help us help others as we extend the truth of God's love in this life-changing message. God bless you and Merry Christmas.